Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome into the program. This is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Paulie Howard. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Big three hours lined up today. We have uh, Josh Applebaum, VSIN betting analyst in 30 minutes. Nigel Seeley, the red hot Nigel Seeley with some uh, soccer bets in an hour. Dave Campo, former uh, Cowboys head coach and Jags assistant head coach on the show and Mike Palm, he is the VP of where we broadcast from every single day coming up in studio later on. Paulie, as is the case, you know, every season in the NFL pretty much this week, uh, you're going to get plenty of news. And we got a lot of it yesterday and last night. And I'm sure it's going to continue into this morning uh, with the coaching stuff. And we'll begin with the Chargers in Los Angeles where, again, we don't think they're making the right move, but we're not going to sit here and tell you that we're surprised that uh, it appears as if their head coach, Brandon Staley, is going to keep his job. This is always a telltale sign, right? When the coach and the staff and the organization says, yeah, you know what, we're going to fire the OC. Like, it's it's his problem. It's totally his fault. But we're going to bring <laughs> a lot of the other you know parts of the staff back. This is pretty telling to me, and it makes a lot of sense that Joe Lombardi had to go. Good tweet from a Payne Insider, who's a pro sports better. Herbert, he's got a cannon for an arm. He ranked 50th out of 52 qualified quarterbacks in air yards. He's 6'6". He's getting passes batted down at the line of scrimmage because the passes are so short. How do you design these type of plays? Yeah. Right? It makes no sense. Yeah. The fact that he turned into Charlie Checkdown was uh, ridiculous. You also didn't have Allen and Williams on the field together at the same time for much of the season. But you also had an opportunity to maybe get Sean Payton, which I think he jumps at the job yeah. if offered. And uh, he wasn't the only one to go. The quarterback coach uh, was right behind him. So that was kind of do this and you can keep your job. But I know uh, you have something here from Jim Trotter uh, who said they were, trust me, I know what they're going to do. They're not going to get rid of Staley. I know this organization. But I think they made a mistake. Now you can just say, well, the quarterback coach and the OC was the problem. But come on, this guy's a big problem. And uh, how he treated week 18, what Lombardi said about his defensive background, it, everything his his last week was horrific what he did yep. and to me I can't I can't trust the guy moving forward and the most asinine comment and the most asinine thing he's done maybe in the last two weeks was I don't know how to properly rank in order uh, order of importance on my roster who's most important yeah the value of my own that's players. crazy that right. that comment's crazy yeah how do you do that you can't do that I only have 48 players on game day what am I supposed to do? I got to play my starters really the same week, again, Brian Dable's out there playing the backups because he doesn't have to or doesn't want to go with his starters because he doesn't want to risk injury. And say what you want about his decision-making so far two years in as the head coach. You can argue all day long. I mean, I know some people who love it. Other people can't stand the fourth down stuff. He's changed his mind over the years. I think by far now the number one decision that takes the cake is what you just said. You cannot sit there playing Mike Williams 
and other starters late in a meaningless game. He gets hurt. He's carted off the field. And then you're still playing guys like Herbert and Allen deep into the game, the same exact game. And then you come out and say during the, the playoffs, well, it's, uh, you know, rest versus reps. What are you talking about, man? You completely. Yep. But uh, you brought up Jim Trotter, who has covered the Chargers for like 20 years. And he was on this a couple of days ago. And he goes, I, this is not what I would do. I'm telling you what the, the organization is going to do. And he said, I don't believe they're going to fire Brandon Staley. I think they're going to get rid of assistants around him. And that's what they did. He also said, I believe that Sean Payton has never been a serious consideration because the team has never given serious consideration to firing Staley. Yeah. And then he gets into how they've always loved having draft capital and they don't want to risk giving up picks to get a new head coach. Cheap owner. And he points out that that might not be the case. They also held. But, well, OK, I, I disagree. But yeah. they also were stubborn with Norv Turner. I mean, even the media, the local media back was like, well, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? I mean, this was, they were underachieving every year. This is the same thing every year with the Chargers. Yeah. They underachieve, right? And going back to San Diego and going 13 and three and one and done in the playoffs. They could get, I you mean, get, uh, let me see here. Uh, you've had one of the best rosters in football for the most part for like the last 15, 20 years. And you could live in San Diego or now LA and be the head coach. And you've had good quarterback play the entire time. Yeah, boy, that, that's not yeah. desirable at all to anybody. You know, when you watch him do interviews, halftime, sideline reporter, meet with the media, who? how did this guy blow somebody away in an interview? Oh, I know it. Really? I know. Yeah. That's the other thing. Remember, they said that oh, the enemy doesn't interview well. Tony Dungy didn't interview well, all these guys. What, what, who, who did he knock over with uh, what he, his cliches and absurd comments from time to time? Always talking in cliches, but I'll tell you, I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I like it. I'm going to go on yep. fourth and three at uh, my own 29-yard line. I'm going to blow you away with that. Yep. Also, didn't did not take long for the Buccaneers to go into oh action, huh? Oh, my God. My God, they probably told Leftwich after the game, pack your stuff, get out of here. My God, Leftwich gone? How about this? Not only was Leftwich let go, they wanted to get rid of him in the middle of the season but changed their minds. Oh, my God. Well, can you blame them? And that's, uh, yeah, well, some of his talk about bad press conferences and not getting it. Last year, this guy was going to get a head coaching job. I thought he was going to get the Jacksonville job. And now he's let go in a horrible year with Tampa, and we know Brady didn't care for his offense and, so now, and what they were running. But that didn't take long either. So when you have a miserable year like this, and the offense was just that, I mean, they were you can even watch their games, they were so bad. Is, is that guy going to be up on the list of, hey, we got to go get Byron Leftwich to be our new O.C.? Yeah. Like it's a pretty quick fall from grace. What you just said. Oh, sure. His name was in circles last year to get a head coaching job, didn't happen, and now he's whacked by the Bucks as the OC. Well, that'll do it. His stock is way pretty, down right now. Oh sure. Just watch a press conference. When a uh, guy, EPA. EPA. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, it's what's about that scoring. Mean? Yeah. Look at our yards. I know we're not. He actually said, "I know we're not scoring." All you guys talk about is scoring. Well, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, definitely a fall from grace there as well. What do you think is going to happen with these other jobs? Arizona and, and what could happen with all these openings? Well, do we do we definitely want to cross Harbaugh off the list now? Yes. He, he can't change his mind again in the next wow. two weeks? This guy? And I guess this is going to be rinse and repeat with him. Hey, next year, Michigan, they get beat in the playoff again. And Harbaugh, I might dabble in the NFL. Yeah, I felt, no, I'm, I love Michigan. I felt there was something contract related anyways. Do, do, you, do you think that, and we'll have plenty of guests on yeah. for the next three days uh, leading into these games, including some former players and stuff, but is there anything to this maybe with D'Amico Ryans and Dan Quinn? The, I think the, so. The DCs here in the 49ers-Cowboys game, they're interviewing yeah. like all week long. Yeah, this is nothing new, but I agree with Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. There's got to be a better way. You're getting ready for the biggest game of the season, and your assistants are, are interviewing for jobs all over the place. Uh -huh. Now maybe you say, hey, no problem, do it on Zoom, whatever, but then knock a few of these out. But still, you are taking away your focus and preparation from the upcoming opponent. And if, even if it's an hour, I think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I want to see what Campo says coming up. Oh, and he's I, a great guy to ask sure, today. Sure, sure. And I want to ask you this, too, because Bet Rivers put the prop up. What do you do? Should Ma, they, they said they came out and they backed him. It, would you get a new kicker, and how do you treat this if you're the Cowboys with Maher Sunday? This is fascinating. The prop is already up at Bet Rivers. Will Maher miss an extra point? Yes is plus 250. Well, I mean, every... Come on, Paul. How do you think people are going to bet that prop? Every person. Oh yeah, give them the plus money. Yeah. Every person is going to take the plus money. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, okay. So what 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 are the better options? Do you want to go get Morton Anderson? He tweeted after the game. <laughs> get hey, Morton I'm, Anderson. I'm available. I can come out of retirement. What? He's in his 60s. Would that work? Like Maher, I mean, it's one game. I get it. It was really, really bad. It's five in a Pey- row. Peyton Manning. It was hilarious watching the Manning cast because I thought he right. was going to rifle the football through the camera. I know. Yeah, he got at up. one point. He got up. He was so mad. He wasn't the only one. Dak threw his helmet down. We got to go for bleeping too. But the 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 weather in Santa Clara appears to be better this week, right? And that field in Tampa was extremely choppy, and you could notice that right away in the game. I would chalk it up to that more than anything else. Mitch, it's upstairs. I don't know. He's got the little man on his shoulder well, talking to him. That probably didn't help to miss four, but he, I, I don't... I five! Five! Remember Washington? No, no, no I know 18. that. I'm talking about the one game, yeah. though. But that, I know, that, but... The, yeah, sure. So you put no stock into the into the grass and how bad I, it was? A little bit. little bit. Here's what I'm saying. It looked like you were out there with a pitching wedge. <sighs> it's terrible. He wasn't even close. That's the thing. It's a mental game. It's like golf. He wasn't even close. Right? So what happens if he misses his first kick Sunday? I think you be have okay. to abort the whole thing. I think he'll be okay. Well, no does that does that change the strategy then for McCarthy? What you have to indulge here, me on this discussion. Here, I'm saying that I, you can just say you'll be fine. I'm not yelling at you. I'm saying you might be right. I'm saying the what if scenario no. is fascinating. No. If he comes out and shanks his first kick, you have to go for two the rest of the game. You got to go for it fourth down. You can't trust this guy. Uh, that completely changes the game, though, Paul. I know, but you can't he trust him. You're going to go for two every single time, He can't time, leave then? points out there from the two-yard line as opposed to him with a 33-yard adventure. Uh, he and, wasn't even close. And then what happens when you miss the first two-point conversion? And then you miss the second one? Then what? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it's a. I think it's the, the better idea in my head is what happens when the Cowboys have a fourth and three yeah. at, at the San Francisco 34-yard line? It's a no-brainer. You don't even think about it. I, I would agree with you. What if it's fourth and six? How far do you want to go on you don't this? Don't even think about it. Fourth and six, 49ers, 38-yard line. If he's not even close on an extra point, I'm not trying anything longer than 45. Oh, no. I'm t- Like, first drive of the game. They go down. It's a third and one at the Niners, 32. Bosa sacks Prescott for a five-yard loss. What do you do? Are you trotting him out there from that long? He gets one. It's one opportunity. And then he misses Short that, leash. and then it's like all bets Absolutely. are off. Absolutely. Okay, I think that that's, that part sure. is very intriguing. You, yes. treat, you treat him like a pitcher coming out there. It's like, hey, you're getting the ball, but if you get in trouble, I'm going to the pen right away. That's it. Yeah, what's, the, what's that conversation And also could like mess with week? him mentally, too, but this is sure. a wild discussion. What do you think McCarthy's – because they got to talk to the guy, to the guy this to. week. They have sure. to. They can't ignore it. Yeah, yeah. I would have worked people out. All right, football playoffs are in full swing with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. It's your go-to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with divisional round parlay insurance. Then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with their playoffs first TD insurance. Log on to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new game. We'll recap some of last night's betting action with win some, lose some last night. A massive upset overnight. And what's more important, the defense... Uh, he's faced or his overall solid production so far. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for an edge this weekend, the experts at VSEN have you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber. Intro offer only $9.99. Recap of the top plays by every host and every guest. Betting splits, deep dive betting reports, the betting guides for the biggest games of the year. Limited time offer, $9.99. Sign up today, VSEN.com slash subscribe. All right, here we go. Every Wednesday at this time, Josh Applebaum joins the pro, uh, program, VSIN betting analyst, also the host of two different podcasts, Morning Bets and Market Insights, available wherever you listen to your podcast. Josh, good morning. Thanks for the time. We were just talking about this uh, 49ers Cowboys game and the point spread before you popped on here. Uh, currently at three and a half, I do see three different books in Las Vegas currently hanging a four on this game. What is your read on the game and the current number? Yeah, Mitch and Paulie, it's great to be with you. And this one jumps out to me, guys, as take the points here with a contrarian dog with the Dallas Cowboys. So going into it, you know, looking at some of those uh, some of the most lopsided games of the weekend, this is your most public play of the weekend. San Francisco public cannot wait to sweat the San Francisco 49ers once again. They're getting across the market, or especially at DraftKings, 72% of bets. So big public play here on the Niners. It's understandable. They won 11 straight. You just, you know, it was kind of a tough game first half against Seattle, but then you rolled and, and covered that number late. Uh, Brock Purdy is the new rising star. So this is the big public play here. Just sweat San Fran at a low number. This is also the lowest spread of the weekend of all four games. But what's the market doing, guys? You you had a lot of books open. You know, San Francisco minus four and a half I saw out there, minus four. You mentioned it here, Mitch. You know, some books are, are maybe trending towards four, but a lot of these books right now are at three and a half. And that's notable to me because the contrarian players, the Dallas Cowboys, only getting... 31% of bets, yet the kind of that initial move was down toward uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So that tells me that despite this big majority of bets, popular play, remember, this is a 6.30 game Eastern time on Sunday. It's going to be your most heavily bet game of the weekend, and everybody's taking San Francisco. So the fact that San Fran isn't up to, you know, after an opener of four, four and a half, whatever you want to call it, they're not up to five, they're not to five and a half. If anything, the line has stayed where it's at or even fallen here toward Dallas. Look toward some betting systems, guys. If you look at playoff road dogs, 3-1 ATS so far this postseason. They're 33-21 and 21 against the spread, 61% the last five postseasons. A playoff dog with a line move in your favor, so that would be your 4.5 or 4 down to 3.5 now. Those teams are 17-7 and seven against the spread, 71% the last five years. You also look in particular, Dak Prescott played great, obviously, against Tampa Bay uh, on Monday, but 15-12 and 12 ATS as a dog in his career, 56%. Even though Shanahan, he's been great as a dog, 
uh, with San Francisco. He's covering the number 60% of the time. But as a favorite, he's just covering 48% of the time. So to me, this jumps out as a everyone betting San Fran. Yet the line's kind of dipped here a little bit toward Dallas. Also, guys, keep an eye on this total. Everyone's taking the over. They're getting about almost 80% of bets on the over. But the line really hasn't moved. And these are two of your top defenses on the year. Uh, I'd be looking toward the Dallas Cowboys here. If you can get a four, I'll grab it. If not, three and a half. But this is kind of my ultimate everyone betting San Fran. Yeah, we've had a line freeze or reverse line move to Dallas. I'll take the points here with the Cowboys. You're not concerned about uh, a kicking situation, short week (laughs) travel, fourth straight road game as well. No, that is true here, Paul. You bring up a great point. Obviously, you know, Maher uh, really sunk a lot of people who took that over in that Tampa Bay game, you know, four missed kicks or a bunch of missed kicks just from both teams. But yeah, you definitely worry about that. You know, he has been pretty reliable. Maybe that was just a bad night for him. Uh, But does McCarthy say, hey, does he remember that that uh, Bucks game and, and go for two or go for it instead of kick it? That's something to keep an eye out for. Definitely scares me here, uh, you know, uh, uh, Paulie. But the fact that we've seen this line dip a little bit toward Dallas, maybe the pros aren't as concerned as maybe the public is. We start the day uh, Saturday. I'm a little bit worried now with Kansas City. Uh, they have struggled for years to cover big numbers like this, and the one seeds in this round uh, have had a rough go of it covering point spreads. What do you think of Kansas City, Jacksonville? No, you're exactly right here. A lot of stats here to bet against Kansas City here, Paulie, as a as a favorite. If you look at Kansas City just in general and Patrick Mahomes in particular, uh, when when Patrick Mahomes is laying points here, he's really not covering very often. Uh, you look at uh, the last, uh, what is it? The last, um, I think, or in general this year, they're five and ten ATS as a favorite. They're two and five ATS as a home favorite. They're just three and six ATS as a favorite of seven or more. So that's been kind of a tough tough spot to lay the points. And look at the last three years. This is the stat I was looking for. Mahomes laying eight and a half or more. Yep. He's just 11 and 18 against the spread, 38%. So that would be your angle here to me to take the points with the Jags. Now, similar to the Cowboys, this is a contrarian dog. You're getting the public here on Kansas City, 14 and three. They've been great. Mahomes here is the favorite to win the, uh, the Super Bowl MVPs plus 350. Meanwhile, you look at the Chiefs, they're plus 300. So that's a way to you know get 50 cents extra here if you want to look a little bit ahead to the future. Better number on MVP versus winning it all for KC. But if you look at this one, Paulie, to me, it's a reverse line move here uh, toward Jacksonville. You had a lot of books open. Kansas City laying nine and a half, laying nine. You're down to eight and a half. Now, I did see a couple books this morning just tick up to nine. So if you want to shop around, if you like Jacksonville here, I think you can probably find a, a nine out there. But this would match all these dog systems. Playoff dogs, four and two ATS this uh, postseason. They're 62% ATS last five. If you missed the postseason as a playoff dog, a buy low opportunity, four and one ATS this year. 33 and 16 ATS, 67% the last five years. So I'll take the points with the Jags, guys. I know it's going to be a big teaser play here to take Kansas mm. City down eight and a half to two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd be looking to just take the points here, especially if you can shop around and find a nine. We have seen some over money too. This thing, uh, I just saw one book get up to 52 and a half, open around 52. So maybe a higher scoring game here, but I got to take the points. Jags only getting 40% and a heavily bet game. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Josh Applebaum is our guest. He's on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. There was uh, some sharp money on the Eagles earlier this week to move it from seven back to seven and a half. I know our very own Matt Humans was pointing that out to people. They're not buying seven and a half. They bought the seven to move it to seven and a half. So do you want the dog here? Do you want to maybe tease the Eagles down? What's your approach to this game against the Giants? So it's funny here, Mitch, you know, we have these four games this weekend and two are really contrarian dogs here, which I really like with the Jags and the, and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Then we have two dogs who are very popular here, which are trendy dogs. So if you just look at the G-men getting seven and a half, how do you not take the points? They look great winning outright covering against the Vikings. Uh, obviously, uh, you look at the Eagles, they've been great all year, but tailed off a little bit late. You do have Hurts here with some some shoulder issues, even though we had the bye. But it looks obvious, just take the points here. And we did see some divisional dogs bark with Miami and with Baltimore this past weekend. But to me, this is a cause of concern if you want to take the points with the G-Men, because right now the G-Men are getting 70% of bets. They are a very, very popular play here. Yet, as Matty Humans uh, astutely pointed out, this open minus seven at a lot of shops. Now it's up to minus seven and a half. So if everyone is backing the G-Men as a very popular, trendy dog, and again, I like the gross dogs, the ones that the public has no faith in. When you get to the dogs that become very popular, they become trendy. I want to fade those trendy dogs. So I know it's a divisional spot. You do have a lot of reasons to maybe look at the points here with, uh, in particular, Daniel Jones, 17-5 and five ATS as a road dog. But if everyone's betting the G-Men here, why did this line tick up minus seven to minus seven and a half? toward the Eagles. It didn't fall to six and a half or fall toward the Giants. So I think the odds makers, the books, they're taking a position on the Eagles. You have heavy betting Giants, yet lines going to Eagles. That to me would kind of keep me off of taking the points with the G-Men. My, my, you know, my kind of my heart and my, my uh, kind of uh, eye test tells me, hey, take the points. 
But I got to stay true to the data, guys. Everyone's betting Giants, yet lines going to Eagles. I'd rather tease down the Eagles than I would take the points with the Giants. Josh, like 30 seconds here. So then the same thing applies for you to the uh, Bengals-Bills game? Exactly. Same thing applies here, Mitch. You saw actually saw a pretty good move toward Buffalo. They opened as low as minus yeah. three and a half. Now you're up to minus five. Seems obvious. Take the points with Burrow. Uh, but you're getting 72% of, of bets here on Cincy, yet line is going to Buffalo. Our buddy Brady Cannon, he actually had this game as a minus five and a half in favor of Buffalo, and you have a lot of offensive line issues here uh, for uh, for the Bengals. Keep an eye on the under, guys. You know, you open around 50, you're down to 48. You could have 10 to 15 mile per hour wins. Both teams have been under teams. It's going to be a lot going on here with DeMar Hamlin and the last time these teams played. But to me, I love the Jags. I love the Cowboys. They're gross. They're contrarian. I'd be a little wary of taking the points here with the Bengals and the G-Men. They're very popular. I like to bet against those popular dogs. Get his two podcasts, Morning Bets and Market Insights, wherever you listen to your podcast. Josh, thanks for the time. Best of luck this week. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. Yep. Thank you. You can find these picks with the others mentioned by VEASAN hosts and guests on our shows at VEASAN.com slash picks. Yeah, the Buffalo game's tough. I mean, you want to say, wow, what happened against Baltimore? They shouldn't have won the game. The offensive line issues. Williams uh, with the kneecap situation. Uh, Buffalo almost lost to a third-string quarterback and blew a 17-point lead. So, yeah, it's a tough. And then, oh, by the way, what happened in the Monday night game in the first quarter? I'm going to point this out. I do like the Niners in the game, but I'm going to have to bet the Cowboys to win it outright. And if you know, you know what I'm about to say. People can relate to this. Sure. I grew up, my older brother, right? He's got me by seven years. He has been, as long as I can remember, like Tony Dorsett, he's a humongous Cowboys fan. He will be completely insufferable if they win this game. Emotional hedge? A hundred percent for me. Don't want to see it. I do not want to. I can't. I can't. Get him out of your life. I, it, yeah, it's worth me losing a bet on the Cowboys money line. It, it is just to have the the Niners prevail and win. Because if they if the Niners lose, Cowboys win. It's the my phone will not stop. Yeah. Oh my God! It'll be seven days of nothing but text messages from him. They couldn't stop Minshew. They're going to slow down uh, this serious uh, attack. What they have, all these guys coming at you. How do you? What do you take away? Right? There's there's so many holes in the bolt. A boat. I can't cover yeah, them all up, I right? I got to worry about McCaffrey. Here comes they, Debo. I to throw to Debo. Oh, here comes Ayuk. I'm going to take some shots with Kittle. I mean, he throws for 330. Kittle has two catches. Uh, of all teams to go out and trade for McCaffrey, of all teams, yeah, they did. Like they needed him. Great move. Wow. Yeah. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll run down the best and worst ATS teams in the NBA and some college hoops as well. It hits 83% of the time when they're at home. Details on that coming up next. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. If you're looking for an edge this weekend, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Intro offer only $9.99. Get every pick by every host from every guest like Nigel Seeley coming up. Limited time offer. You also get the betting reports, the betting guides for the biggest games of the year, and the betting splits. Sign up today. Become a subscriber. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Join the network. Join the family. $9.99. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Yeah, why don't we stay hot right now? Hey, come on. As a friend of the show... Across the pond, lives in London, soccer expert, uh, great better, and, and uh, analyst on this sport, by the way. Nigel, your call last week on Man U Man City was sublime, my friend. Great job. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I think we got a bit fortunate with the referee decision for the goal. I don't know if you saw well, the goal. I think mm-hmm. I think it should have been uh, given as offside. But uh, you've got to ride your luck sometimes, haven't you? So um, I think Manchester United, as I said last week, I... I felt that at 2,800 to win the, the Premier League title, they were probably a decent play. They're now half the price, and they've got two massive matches. And if they can win those two games, Man United will be single figures to win the Premier League. Um, and I think, you know, Arsenal have obviously had a great week, but I think the nearest challenger possibly could be Manchester United this season. Manchester United are on fire. Right back with them today, and your buddy Rashford to score a goal. How are you going to play it? <laughs> well, I think with Rashford, I think with Rashford, everything's got to come to an end at some stage you know the goal scoring run can't keep continuing and continuing I think that when he came back from the World Cup I think the bookmakers were being a little bit uh, down on his chances and obviously I felt he was a different player at the World Cup and when he came back 
He scores in every single game he's played since the World Cup, and he scored in three at the World Cup. He scored three goals at the World Cup. Um, but I think he's going to be a marked man in some games. Um, I think Manchester United will win tonight uh, against Crystal Palace. There's a couple of reasons why I think Manchester United will win. Manchester United earlier in the week were minus 125 and minus 120 to win this game. That price has, has long gone. There's been decent money for Manchester United. Um, they have won nine successive matches and they're bidding to win a perfect 10 uh, in all competitions. So they have to play the, the FA Cup and they have to play in their League Cup as well. And that's a little bit of a reason. And they've got a huge match as well in Europe as well. They play Barcelona in Europe in the Europa League as well. So they're, they're all going on all different competitions. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Rashford, what the bet we've been having on Rashford probably isn't the wise thing to do now because I feel that he's so important to Manchester United that they may protect him. So it, it, instead of playing, when Rashford played four weeks ago or five weeks ago, I thought you knew that Rashford was going to play every 90 minutes of the game. So the chance of scoring being on the pitch for 90 minutes was a lot higher. But now I think he's so important to Manchester United with some huge, huge matches that I think they will substitute him. Mm-hmm. So tonight, for example, they could play Crystal Palace. I, th- I expect them to win. I don't expect Crystal Palace to score. Uh, I like the, the, the Manchester United to win the match. But the line has probably moved a little bit too much for me to play. If you got on earlier in the week at plus minus 120, congratulations. But the current prices, I wouldn't play. So I'm probably inclined to have a bet on Manchester United to win to nil here, mm. which is plus 180. Uh, Crystal Palace notoriously have been very, very good at home throughout the years, but they've got some serious problems at the moment scoring goals. Uh, they were beaten by Crystal uh, Southampton in the FA Cup. Their league form prior to that, they got beaten 3-0 at home by Fulham, didn't score. at home by Tottenham, didn't score. Um, They've only won one in their last seven matches. And in them seven matches, they failed to score in five of those games. Uh, And the game that they did score was in the FA Cup. So in the Premier League, they haven't scored in five of their last six. They have some injuries tonight, Crystal Palace as well. And and a lot of friends of mine are Crystal Palace fans. They're my local team to where I I live geographically. And they really are looking over their shoulder, thinking they're involved in a relegation fight. So, And the main problem they put it down to is not having a goal scorer. So tonight, I think Manchester United will get the job done. Very professional. Win 1-0 or 2-0. Move on to the weekend where they play the biggest game of the season against Arsenal at the Emirates. And I think any Rashford betters, if you want him to score, I think you've only got 60 minutes for him to do it. Because I can see the game being over and him being taken off. So that's that's the reason why I'm not playing Rashford. But I think Manchester United will win tonight. And I think they'll win to nil. Yeah, you're a connected guy. Weren't you at the Crystal Palace holiday uh, party one year? One year? I've been many times to the Crystal Palace party. Yeah. But what, what goes on at the Crystal Palace party stays at the Crystal Palace party. <laughs> okay. uh, the other thing I open would say bar? is... Open bar? Just, uh, oh, oh, everywhere Sealy goes is open bar. <laughs> um, I, 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 I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go unless it was an open bar. Um, let me tell you one thing. The other thing I would say today for the unders, you, I'm going to come onto the weekend, I'm going to talk about the unders. Yeah. It's sub-zero temperatures in London at the okay. moment. Okay. Uh, so it's it's very, very, very cold. And obviously, you know my theory of goals. Goals are very hard to come by, like points in American football when the snow hits. It's very, very similar here. I think the, the players, uh, the goals would usually come down by a smidge on, on the total. So uh, bear that in mind. Uh, and it's going to be freezing cold this evening when that game kicks off. It, the temperature picks up on Sunday. But Saturday this weekend, across England, you know, look at the lower leagues in England. I think if you, it's, it looks an unders weekend given the weather conditions. Well, uh, let me set you up here too as well because of the schedule. And you mentioned the weather. But then you you mentioned Man U. They play today. Then they play Arsenal Sunday. Man City plays tomorrow. And then they also play Sunday. So how you well, how you look at that handicap? Well, that's the – well, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the, uh, the penalty when you have, you're a successful football team. You know, if you're doing well in domestically and you're doing well in, in, in Champions League and European football, you're going to have to play a lot more fixtures. And the managers moan and the players moan, but they've got double the size as the squad of Crystal Palace. I feel more sorry for Crystal Palace who've got to play uh, with injuries and a smaller squad. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the mat, this game will take a lot more out of them. They can't afford the luxury to rest players for important games of the weekend. So I think that's the, that's the penalty you pay for being a successful football side. But on the weekend, I think that game, Man United-Arsenal, will be an incredible game. It's a game that I'm at, actually. I'm going to that game on Sunday, but I think it's going to be very low scoring. But before we go on to that one, let's go yep. on to Saturday, where Liverpool play Chelsea. That's probably the big game of the of the weekend. Liverpool were absolutely diabolical last week against Brighton. I think I mentioned it to mm-hmm. you here that I was trying mm-hmm. to get with Brighton. Um, worst performance, Jurgen Klopp said, in his whole time as manager of Liverpool. He changed the whole side, more or less, made eight changes last night in the FA Cup against Wolves, and they won 1-0, but they were... Very average, really, really average. Their, their metrics and their shot ratio and their shots on target were very, very low. Their XG was very, very low. 
and Wolves were equally as poor. It was a really poor game, actually, to be fair. But Liverpool are a club in crisis at the moment, I feel. I think Mo Salah doesn't look the same player. I think he wants out. I can see him leaving at the end of the season. I think they're a club in transition. And they play a Chelsea side who are equally a club in transition, uh, a club that are going nowhere. Uh, they're spending a lot of money on players. They're not happy with the manager, but they've given him $300 million to spend. So they have some confidence in some way. But I think this is a game between two sides who are desperate for a point and just, def- just desperate to steady the ship. And um, I think this will be a boring match. I think Liverpool-Chelsea is going to be a low-scoring, uh, possibly a draw, possibly a nil-nil draw. I think, I think it, it, both sides are fighting each other now. At a, at a part of the season where a point isn't isn't bad against you. They just need to get something. Uh, Chelsea did win last week, but it was a scrappy 1-0 win, and that's how they're winning scrappy. Both sides are lacking in confidence. Both sides are lacking in scoring, and both sides are lacking in, in a goal score. And it's funny to say that when you think of Salah on all the goals he scored, but I think that's low scoring. So under two and a half goals for me, which is actually uh, plus money, which I'm quite surprised mm. about given the way the two of them are, are playing at the moment. And anything, anything you want to go back to Sunday then? Yeah, go Sunday. I mean, obviously okay. a lot hinges on the Manchester United game today, so I yep. wouldn't really bet too much on the Manchester United get Manchester United because if, if Manchester United win this, it'll be ten games in the in the spin they've won in all competition, which is the first time they've done that since two thousand nine. So you've got to go back a long time to when when Man United have been this good, and that shows you the job he's doing. Um, I think this game will be, again, another low-scoring game. I think this is the biggest game of Arsenal's season, and it's the biggest game for Manchester United's season. I expect Man United to be the more attacking side here. Um, I can't believe that these two, what these two sides have done this season. Manchester United, when we started, we were joking that they could finish in the relegation zone. And Arsenal, just a young side who keep getting better and better. The first half last week against Tottenham was sensational. But I do feel that it will get to the point now where Arsenal look at games and, and play them tactically. And think if we can pick up a point here, if we can, you know, we, if we can hold one of our contenders to a point, uh, we can just get like another point closer to the to winning the Premier League title. With and that's the nerves will start setting in now for Arsenal. And the fact they haven't been in in the final, second half of the season with that kind of pressure on them suggests to me that sometimes they, they're going to drop points. And I feel, given their home form is great, but I just feel this one here has a really good look about a, a feisty match. And I think Manchester United have to win it. So I would expect more of the attacking to come from Manchester United. I expect them to be much better on the counter-attack. But I think they'll cancel each other out again. And uh, I think it'll be feisty. I think there'll be a few cars and bookings because it's everything to Man United to win this game. But I think Arsenal will try to contain it. And, and I think a draw will be good for them. So I'm going to unders again. Um, it's a bit of a weather play. And it's also a little bit to do with the fact that I think that a point for both well, for Arsenal is, is an exceptional point at this start stage of the season. Very good. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Sealy underscore Nigel. One last thing, about a minute left. You mentioned how the players at this point, when they have to play two mm-hmm. fixtures or matches in one week, it's like, hey, this is a bit much. They're going to be moaning about it. Has there been any additional moaning because they're coming back from the World Cup still? And they're like, my God, we had to play this thing in the middle of the season and now we're getting two matches in a week? Yeah, certain, certain teams have done. Uh, but, but you know, it's always the same candidates who do it, the same managers. Jurgen Klopp's always the one from yeah, Liverpool right. is always moaning. You know, it's always because the, what it is, it's a it's a pressure game. And I, th- I feel that they, the manager looks at their, the fixture schedule and blames the fixture schedule rather than blame himself for his players. Um, because they're not winning, I, I can imagine. I don't. I don't. I can't imagine Arsenal or Manchester United complaining about the fixture schedule because they're they're winning and doing well. So it's always quite funny that the people who are losing suddenly moan about the fixtures of the World Cup and stuff like that, rather than look at themselves in the mirror and say, "Well, we're not doing well because I've done this or I've done that." So it usually comes from the same teams. It's usually it's at the moment it's coming from Chelsea and it's coming from Liverpool. No surprise, they're not winning. Arsenal very quiet. Man United very quiet. But I'm sure I can get, I can imagine Man United start losing a couple of games. They'll be quite vocal about the fixture this as well. Yeah, right, right. No kidding. Thanks, mate. Uh, we enjoy talking to you every week. Best of luck this weekend. Take care. Have a good weekend. Great Be job. Good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Looking forward to today and uh good match tomorrow too with Man City. Did you grab any Arson. man U at uh Not to win? No. No. I bet he took when I took his advice when he said you know, they're making he said much ado about nothing, that this is a race. He goes, Man City's gonna win it. I think I laid a dollar fifty or sixty, but Arsenal's now a dollar fifty. Man City I, I passed an Arsenal when they were twelve, thirteen to one. Yeah. The reason oh, why is because God. they were they were fifty. 40, 50, and I'm like, miss, I, yeah. I missed that, so I don't want to grab 12, 13. Yeah. fifty favorite now to win the Prem. What a story. Yeah. We had some line movement for the first overall pick in the draft last week. Why was that?
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Welcome back to the $10 free bet when you sign up for First Bet VSEN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code HORSE200 for the $10. Plus, get 100% match on the first deposit up to $200. Wagering at more than 300 tracks, AI assisted picks. First Bet app, easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. Secure payments, great customer service, reliable website. Details at slash horses. Please sign up now. More NFL now. Follow the money. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Dave Campo uh, has a great resume, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He's got two teams, two former teams in the playoffs this week, at least. And Jacksonville, where he was a former assistant head coach as well, joins the program now. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Happy New Year to you guys. Back uh, at you. This is, this is a great weekend. It really is. And, and your resume, like we hinted at, is absolutely loaded. You've worked with a ton of really great coaches uh, over time. What would your conversations be like this week, and how would you operate with what happened to Maher on Monday night with all those missed extra points? Would you keep him on the team? Would you look elsewhere going into this game against the 49ers? And what happens, sir, if he misses his first kick on Sunday? Well, you know, first of all, you have to look at it from the standpoint, if this was the middle of the season, I think that'd be a really, really uh, – you know, they, they'd have to put a little push on him to maybe bring some other guys in. But this late in the year, you know, in a playoff situation, you know, you've got to go with the full body of work, I believe. And, you know, he's been one of the better kickers in the league. And, you know, you, it's interesting when you look over time, there's been some guys that have missed a bunch of extra points because of the angles and stuff. 
and then they'll come in. Meyer, we had a guy here by the name of Myers in Jacksonville uh, that mm -hmm. missed 13 uh, extra points and then kicked nine over 50 yards. So, you know, it, I think they're going to stick with him. What if he misses one early, though? I mean, yeah. then you really have to go for two, go for it on fourth down. It changes everything. No one's missed three in a game. He missed four. Yeah, I, there's no question that that changes the strategy of the ball game. If he misses one early, then they're going to have to decide uh, real quickly on whether or not they want to chase chase the points or not. And, and I know Dak wanted to go for two uh, in the game Monday night. He was furious as well. Uh, as, as a former coach, how much of a distraction could this be with Quinn and Ryan's interviewing with the week of the game and it appears Quinn's going to get a job? I don't think that that's, that's much of a distraction. I think that, you know, the, the focus is on the ball game and, uh, you know, those guys are professionals. Uh, you know, back in the day when I was with the Cowboys, Dave Wanstead, the uh, going into our first Super uh -huh. Bowl, interviewed twice with the Giants and with the Chicago Bears, and it didn't affect us at all. So I, I don't really think that that makes a difference. I think those guys will be focused on what they have to do. They'll they might hit an interview, but they've got a they've got a, a sight on getting to the Super Bowl. Let's follow the money here on Vsin the Sports Betting Network. Our guest Dave Campbell, former coach with the Cowboys and with Jacksonville, he's uh, currently a host on Ten Ten XL in Jacksonville. Uh, so where are you at with rookie quarterback Brock Purdy? We've talked about him a lot today. We talked him about about him a lot this week and in, in previous weeks as well. This he's been awesome, uh, and he's played some okay defenses like Washington's defense. They're pretty good. Tampa Bay's defense they're pretty good, and he they won and he put up good numbers. The Cowboys defense though, based on the numbers, coach the best defense he's going to play to this point in the season. Uh, are you in the camp of it's going to catch up with him at some point, or he kind of is who he is right now seven games in, and you expect him to continue to be really, really good? Well, I think a lot of it is is the people he's got around him as well. You know, he's got a pretty good roster there in San Francisco, but the kid has done a great job. That's a great story. If that kid ever gets to the Super Bowl and wins it, mm -hmm. you know, people will not forget that uh, for a long time. And, you know, the, th the, the bottom line is, uh, I think they feel pretty confident with him, and I think he's one of those guys that, that takes takes care of his own business. He doesn't really too much uh, worry about the other football team, and I think he's uh, done a great job. Uh, I think he's going to run into a pretty good defense. So in Dallas, a little inconsistent, but you know they've got to be able to run the football, which the Cowboys uh, struggle with a little bit, and and keep him ahead of the chains, just like about 90% of the quarterbacks in the league, you know, when you don't have to do a lot of the third and nines, eights and sevens, you got a chance to be pretty good. Remember all those quarterbacks, no matter who they are in the league uh, are one of the very, very few uh, top, their top guys. There are only 32 of them. Mm -hmm. They're num Dallas number one in takeaways. If you're Quinn, would you, would you put heat on them? Would you bring blitzes? What would you do? You know, he's not much of a blitzer. You know, he goes pretty much with his front. And, and you know, they've got an outstanding front. They've got three guys, Lawrence Armstrong and, and uh, Parsons, that can put a lot of pressure on. I think the way you might see some, some uh, zone blitzes and stuff like that would be versus the running game. Okay. Because, you know, in the passing game, he, he pretty much, uh, they've got a good secondary. I think he goes with his guys and let his, let his rush take care of that. It's also the fourth consecutive road game for Dallas, Coach. How big of a deal is that? It's tough. I mean, I don't think anybody really wants to go on the road. I think it's evened up over the years, though. Back in the day when I was going, uh, you know, the road was a big factor. But uh, these young men today, they don't really uh, react too uh, much with the, with the road uh, games, as, as I'm sure you see. Uh, there's a lot of road teams that do very well. I, I just think that the focus is on how they're going to play that particular day. There's been a little chatter of the uh, of the schedule and, and the tough spot they put the Cowboys in, but it's not getting out of control. So I think McCarthy's done a good job shutting that down. How about your other team that's in action? You were you were with Jacksonville in 05 through 07. What do you think of Peterson and if Lawrence can go on the road and surprise Kansas City? Well, you know, again, I'm an AFC guy now, being over here in Jacksonville, and there's no question in my mind Doug Peterson should be the coach of the year. Wow. 
what he's done what he's done with this football team, and I know Brian Dayball Day out at uh, the Giants has done a great job in the NFC, but this football team right here, in all honesty, uh, is is an interesting special group. You know, you, you guys follow it. You know, they've come from behind in so many ball games that I don't count them out in any game, and I really do believe that they believe they can beat anybody. Now, going to Kansas City, that's a that's tough duty. You know, in the first ball game, uh, it was a, it, it was a, you know, some people say it was a wider score than it ended up, but I look at it as a tighter score because mm-hmm. they missed two field goals. They had a wide open Kirk who dropped the ball, would have been one touchdown early, and then they had a guy on a RPO go downfield on a touchdown pass. So that game could have gone right to the wire. But what you've got with the, uh, you know, you've got Kansas City's got an MVP candidate at quarterback. The Jaguars have a second-half MVP at quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, I mean, and I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to go out there and throw four INTs in the first half against the Chiefs. I think my biggest concern, Coach, for Jacksonville in this game, well, among other things, is that it's their first time here against a team that is now, you know, playoff strong and ready, and they've been in this spot many, many times. Mahomes is incredible, but the first time they played, they were plus three in the turnover margin. They lost by 10 I know you said it could have been closer, but they also allowed almost 500 yards to Casey on offense in that game. Yeah, there's no question. I just rewatched the game. Uh, and, you know, the interesting thing is that this defense is a little bit better in Jacksonville right now. They made, early in the season, uh, they probably should have won two or three more ball games, but they made some really critical defensive mistakes. And in that game, they had two touchdowns uh, that, that – uh, you know, that there was just a guy that busted a coverage. They've simplified the defense, and by no means, guys, am I uh, saying that Jacksonville's going to go up there and win the football game. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Sure, sure. But I think, I think this team is a much different team right now than they are. The advantage they have, in my opinion, is that they have pretty good firepower, which I think Jacksonville does as well, but they're well-rested. And, and, you know, when you go into a ball game, the Jaguars are a little banged up, uh, and, but the defense has changed. They're, they've simplified it. The guys are playing faster. Uh, you know, again, you know that if they can keep it close, anything can happen in, the, in, the, in a football game, especially in the playoffs. Sure. And, no, I mean, and they're, they're catching eight and a half points in this game. I'm not going to be surprised at all if they cover the game and it's going to be close uh, a little bit late. Again, a longtime coach in the NFL, Dave Campbell, kind enough to take some time uh, and join us here today on a Wednesday, now a host on 1010XL in Jacksonville. Coach, thanks so much for the time today. We really appreciate that. Hey, hey guys, have a great uh, weekend, and uh, it's great talking with you guys. I have no problem visiting with your bunch. Back. Thank thanks, you. Coach. Yep, there you be go. Good. Uh, good answer about not a distraction, no big deal with the interviews with Ryans and Quinn. And the other thing, he's right. I mean, Jacksonville took off after that Kansas City game. No, they really did. I mean, that was they the, are a different team today than they were back then. They had the stinker in Detroit. Can't explain it, but we know Detroit's good. So, again, you can make a case of, I don't know, seven guys could win coach of the year. He says give it to Peterson. I Honestly, I could not argue Peterson won the award. Yeah. I couldn't. I could, could you argue with uh, Dable? No. Can't? No. No. I mean, again, go back to what Jacksonville was like last year. All-time bad with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. And this year now in the second round of the playoffs. Incredible job by this guy. Up next, we have some hot trends in the NHL. Always shop around. Three teams are hitting either around or above 80% on the year. Details on that coming up next. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. They're ready to go at Bet Rivers. The house special up already. Will Maher miss an extra point Sunday? Yes. Plus 250. Celebrate with the divisional round playoff parlay insurance and the playoff first down touchdown insurance. Log in, betrivers.com. Download the app today. Get in on the action. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers. Here we go. No bias. You will respect my authority. No pulled punches. Your wife cheated on you because you lost sight of who you are as a man, as a husband. No agenda. There is no fear in this dojo. This is no hyperbole. This is the best part of the week. Here's the maestro, Mike Baum. I am the slightest. All right. 
Wildcard Weekend always provides us with a lot of material. So let's give an honorable mention before we start the list to Pete Carroll. Kenneth Walker the third, 14 rushes in the first half, 58 <laughs> yards. You have the lead. One carry in the second half. Okay, number five. <laughs> Left hash a no-no. Yes, we talked about it on the previous segment. Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker. In the 91 years since they've kept track of this, no one in the National Football League has missed four extra points in the game. He did it on his first four kicks. But how bad was it? So I was fascinated that Jim Fossil went through this whole thing about the K-balls that each team has. Three kicking balls they get for each NFL game. And they really rub up the first one. They get them an hour before the game, maybe a little bit on the second one, and they don't touch the third one. His first two extra points ball were so far wide right that they didn't even hit the net, and they went into the stands in Tampa Bay. So they lost both of the balls. They were very concerned about losing the third one. Fortunately, he overcorrected but didn't kick it so far left that they lost it. It's just absolutely unbelievable. And why, as I've asked earlier, don't they get away from putting the ball on the hash mark when you're having it struggle with it? Can't he move the ball to the middle, try it from the right hash? But no. Four different times he tried the same kick with four awful results. Interesting heading into next week in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. what the Cowboys will do. Number four, the Brad Allen Show. Many will still claim to this day that this segment, no hyperbole, was born out of that game in Mexico City between the Chiefs and the Chargers when Brad Allen and his crew screwed up the clock four different times. Well, on Sunday, we got to see all of Brad Allen that we wanted. Paul, the game kicked off at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and we went to halftime afternoon. I don't recall ever having a first half of a football game last more than two hours. This game lasted three hours and 52 minutes, and yet there were only nine accepted penalties, five turnovers, 11 sacks. There were 39 incompletions and 11 punts. How about all of the missed delay of game penalties, and how about all of the delay of game penalties where they let the whole play play out and then came back and said, oh, by the way, there was no play. Yes. It was a delay of game. Yes. Now, here should be a new rule. All right, Roger Goodell. Any game that Brad Allen is on, we need expedited review. Did you see that game Monday night in Tampa Bay? Mike Evans, left foot down, left knee down, maybe even the right foot in. Fourth quarter, incomplete pass. They throw the flag. 18 seconds later, expedited review was a catch. Move the chains on, we go. The whole image of the NFL season this year is going to be Brad Allen staring at a monitor. Eight and a half minutes in Seattle, whether that was a catch with Adams. Three times he had reviews of over four minutes in this game. It's absolutely ridiculous. No one has gotten this much airtime on a Sunday since Tim Russert passed away. All right. Number three. Timeouts. Nevermore. I tell you, the whole fourth quarter for Baltimore could be broken down on this segment here. The sneak on third and one that was supposed to be low and it was high. Huntley gets the ball knocked away. 98-yard touchdown return. But how about the last drive? You take over down seven on the opponent's side of the field with 312 left to go and two timeouts, and you end up calling a timeout with eight seconds to throw a Hail Mary into the end zones. Three different times, three different times the Ravens huddled and took all of the play clock before running the next play. They took the clock from 312 down to the two-minute warning to get nine yards and be on fourth and one. Then on two consecutive first downs, they huddled and snapped the ball with less than five. Sure, they were on the 17-yard line with the first down, but with only 34 seconds left. This is a team that relies on the running game and the short passing game, and yet they didn't want to preserve any of that time so that they had those options. After the holding penalty made it second and 20, they were behind the eight ball. It was as if Harbaugh was trying to score a touchdown on the last play of the game and then go for two, which I think was in the back of his mind. And we didn't even have a place on this countdown this week for Lamar Jackson not making the trip to Cincinnati. I found that odd. Blow up this organization. That's what's going to happen. Number two, fins again, begin again. Let's just focus on one play from the fourth quarter in Buffalo. The boy genius Mike McDaniel has third and two from the Miami 47 with 326 to go. Both teams out of timeouts. Uh, Salvin Ahmad rushes, but he stops short, and the clock continues to run. Now, Ed Oliver, the defensive lineman for the Bills, is down during the play. So they actually reset the play clock when it gets to 16. Mm -hmm. So it goes from 16 to 25. And yet, and yet, they could not get a playoff. It took a delay of game to make it fourth and six. They had a full 52 seconds. 40 
plus the reset on the clock. Now, they end up fourth and six, and they can't complete the, the pass to Jasicki, and the game is over, effectively, because they had no timeouts. What does Mike McDaniel say about this situation? He says, well, there was some miscommunication whether we made the first down or not. So we sent a team on anticipating a first and 10 play. I'm not sure where that communication came from. They still had a full 25 seconds when they alerted him that it was fourth and one, and they switched and brought the other team in. They didn't get the play to the huddle till there was 11 seconds left, and you heard Romo screaming over and over again, get the playoff, snap the ball, it's going to be fourth and six. Another mistake from a young head coach who will not take accountability for it. And finally, number one, <clears throat> guilty as charger. Where do we begin with this debacle <laughs> with Brandon Staley? Let's begin last Sunday in Denver, where he insisted on playing all of his starters deep into the fourth quarter and got Mike Williams hurt. We could go on and on about the difference between the Chargers with Mike Williams on and off the field, but they didn't have him for their game in Jacksonville on Saturday night. Now, the Jaguars did everything they could to give this game to the Chargers. Four Lawrence interceptions in the first half and a botched punt led to a 27-0 lead, and yet that couldn't hold up. I want to focus on three consecutive drives, the last two drives of the first half and the first drive of the second half, how we point out how they blew this lead. The third biggest blown lead in the history of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. 24 to nothing. They punt the ball to Jacksonville. Jacksonville muffs the punt, and, say, and the Chargers take over on the six-yard line first and goal. Eckler for a gain of one, and then two horrific passes, one to the right and one that sailed through the end zone. Not only did they only take 30 seconds off the clock, they ended up with only three points. Now it's 27-0 instead of 31-0. Jacksonville goes three and out and punts it back. The Chargers now have first down on their own 18 with 3-11 to go. If you run the ball three times, you take it down to a minute 20. Well, of course not. They threw an incomplete pass, but then gained nine yards on a pass. A critical third and one that would have ended the half effectively, and they fumble the ball, end up punting, Jacksonville drives down in the final two minutes, and now, despite one of the worst first halves in history, are only down 20 at half. <laughs> and then the opening drive of the second half. <laughs> After two first downs, you have first and 10 at the Jaguar 38. You must get points on this drive. What do they do? Incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, punt. How is it possible with the 20-point lead in the second half you had more incomplete passes, nine, than you had rushing attempts, seven? Yes, Many, many were hopeful that a Chargers loss could spell the end of Brandon Daly and perhaps they would go out and get Sean Payton to take over this talent-laden team. However, we must not forget about the Spanos family. The same Spanos family who moved this team away from a city who loved and supported them and will not admit that was a mistake. The same Spanos family who hired Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn, two unknowns, and held on to them for years, not admitting mistake. This will be the same Spanos family that hangs on to their boy genius to the point where Justin Herbert's career has passed him by. And what if Justin Herbert, let's think about this. Who are the three coaches that he's had at the epitome of his athletic talent? Mario Cristobal, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley. And that is no hyperbole. Uh, there you go. That's why it. we love it so much. Well done. Yep. They're, they're going to not only take a wrecking ball to his prime, but like that rookie contract, yeah. and when they're going to have to pay him $50 million a year, good luck. It, it's the last organization I would trust to put a team together uh, you know, around a quarterback that's going to make that yeah. much money. Look, then after the game, I'm I'm scouring, because you know they don't have a presser next, the next week because they're out of the playoff. I'm scouring everywhere for Staley's comments, right? What's he going to say? What's he going to look back on and how this game went wrong? Nothing. Oh, it was a terrible way to lose. I feel bad for the guys in the locker room. Yeah. No, no accountability whatsoever. And of course, fire a couple of your assistant coaches. Yeah. That's what'll solve it. Yeah. yeah. And I saw you Sunday. We've been watching football for 40 years. How do you play a game four hours that doesn't go to overtime either? Four, you have to back up the Minnesota games. game. The Viking fans are booing. They make the announcement in the stadium. It's like, yeah. eh, kickoff, move back 20 minutes. And they still overlap. They, say, yeah, they, yeah, still, ran they still did. They yeah. ran, ran into each other. Dable didn't play, didn't play any of No, no, no. Uh, no. This guy had he, to, he though. Figured, yeah. He figured that out. Oh, yeah, yeah he knows. Yeah, he knows something that nobody has ever figured out before in the history He's of the NFL. He's a defensive coach. Jacksonville went touchdown, 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 field goal their last five possessions. Yep. Defensive guru. Yep. We discussed losses that haunt us forever on yesterday's show. We'll get the uh, Maestro's list coming up next. I should be uh, suspended for not bringing this game up.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At-